So when I went to look at the episode to watch it today, I went in and I saw the last episode I watched was the one that we recorded last. <laughs> I was like, oh, but that's okay because I've been keeping up on the podcast because that drive to Atlanta is it's a bit of a trek. So I was able to catch up on all the podcasts. Oh, great. But then I realized that you recording is way far ahead. Yeah, so I record really far podcast, ahead. But I'm like three or four episodes behind where I should be. <laughs> but you did so, get a chance to watch it though, right? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I good. <laughs> did you because see? Because I listened to the podcast that you and Kat did, which mind I, the last one you guys just did with um, the Saluban. Is that what they're called? Uh, Suluban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suluban. I want, I listened to that on the way home. And just so you know, that is my ep- favorite episode as of between just the dynamic of you and Kat. You guys are just amazing. And then Max, <laughs> every time that squeak toy went off, I'm like, yeah, he's getting in there. <laughs> he's in here right now, actually. Of course uh, he is. There he is. Hey, Max. <laughs> You're a good boy. <laughs> uh, any questions or anything about the notes? No, we're good. Okay. I mean, it's the same song and dance we've done. Yeah. However many times you've been on now, I believe, I believe you, I think you're, I think this is, yeah. Let me see. I got to pull up my notes anyway. So let's see. You did, you did breaking the ice and you did two episodes back to back. You did shuttle pod one and fusion. Good. And then. Yeah. I think this is number four. Yeah. And this is number four. Yeah. I think Gary's got me beat. I think so too. But yeah, I think you're I think you're a close second. Okay. Nice. I think Kat's been on a few as well. Those are my favorite episodes. The ones with me and Kat? Yeah. <laughs> she's good. She's better. I she's be- she's better than together. she gives. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's so sweet of you to say. <laughs> no, seriously, you guys are so fun to listen to. I think that's why I like hanging out with you so much. You're Aww. just you're so much fun. <laughs> well, it's uh She's better at the podcasting than she gives herself credit for. I think yes, she, definitely. she thinks that she has nothing to say and that she sounds weird or whatever it is. I'm like, you Me couldn't too. be farther from both of you could not be farther from the truth. You guys do very, very well. <laughs> it's yeah, this a, stuff gives me great anxiety, but I always have fun doing it. So I try to just push past it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just you and me. And uh, have you listened to any of the episodes of yourself? Yeah, I okay. listen to all of them because yeah, I'm weird that way. Like, I just, I want to hear how I sound because I know I sound different. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I try to do a decent job of editing so that it's eliminating pauses and yeah. ums and uhs and stuff like that. Just so it's, it, first of all, it cuts down on the time, but it yeah. also creates some cohesiveness to the chaos in my brain. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. Because I end up having to do it just as much for myself as I do for anybody else. <laughs> We're all awkward in our own ways. Yes. Yes, we are. And, and that's okay. Star Trek's our safe place. <laughs> oh, it's it's the best place to be awkward. <laughs> it really is. It really is. If you need proof, just go to Instagram. <laughs> you will see all the weirdos, all our all our wonderful weirdos who are big Star Trek fans. I heard something today. I was, I was listening. I was watching a TikTok and this guy said, I don't remember where I got the quote from. You're someone's weirdo. You are weird to at least one person that you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Every, gr- every group needs at least one. 
and uh, and that definition definitely changes from from group to group. Yeah, well, I, my favorite I, groups are the ones where everyone's a weirdo in their own way, and it's just quirky bunch of people. Oh yeah, I mean, I you know the the usual suspects up here, so it's <laughs> that's par for the course with us. I love it. <laughs> All righty, so let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Here we go. Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Lon. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Vacation? She don't need no stinking vacation. It's Mrs. Ren Sims! Yay! And everyone needs a vacation. <laughs> I, I, I knew the line, and I was just like, this, this is definitely going to get a reaction out of her, so... I was watching you as I said that, and I just saw that. No, how dare you say I don't need a vacation? <laughs> I feel like I deserve one, especially after all the stuff that's going on at work lately. Like, <sighs> oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk more a little bit off mic stuff yeah. going on with my work, but yeah, it's it, oh, no. your, your service industry. Uh, you hands down, you guys, oh, you guys are in the trenches practically 24 yeah. 7. And I don't know if I've said this to anyone lately, but if you have someone who works with customers or, you know, faces the public in any way, check on them regularly. They are not okay. <laughs> I mean, we both have friends who are, you know, bars, restaurants, um, yep. all of it. It's tough out there right now. People I, I, have gotten meaner and I didn't know that that could happen because people weren't nice before, <laughs> but it has gotten way worse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel there's a sense of entitlement that's really surfacing with a lot of folks. And it's mm -hmm. kind of, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You guys were answering phone calls for free. No, this is a law firm. No, you have to pay for services. Like, <laughs> what do you think this is? We actually, get <laughs> and it's kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe this is a, you had to be there, which of course is not funny, but we, our firm actually got its first one-star review and it was oh, somebody, no. yeah, somebody who we just, we quoted them a price for retainer and they came back with just like, they're all about money. And I was just like, it's a bit, we're a business. Yeah. We're about some money. We have to be. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's getting weird out there. <laughs> it's been weird. Now it's just getting just ridiculous yeah yeah so speaking of vacations which we all desperately need <laughs> yeah. you uh are just coming back from from where oh i went to atlanta to visit my mom and my my, my kids oh did you do anything fun outside of just being with the family 
Um, we didn't do a whole lot. Um, Ella is too young to be vaccinated and she is very high risk with her asthma. That's right. Um, so we didn't do a whole lot of stuff. Um, we, we did go to Ikea and because my entire family has a thing for their meatballs, um, and just sitting on sofas that aren't ours. Um, <laughs> but nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But other than that, I mean, we did a little bit of like shopping, but we mostly hung out and just played games and swam in the pool a little bit, but it was just a lot of just chilling and watching movies. Oh, that's great. You know, time is, thing. time is time. Time's that one thing you can't get at the store. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I, that's good to hear. I did. We did do tie dye. Really? And was, yeah. And honestly, I, it's the first time I did it since I was like 10 um i really like that stuff it's really fun like that's cool i don't know that i've ever tie-dyed anything i think my wife has it's so easy and i think the thing that i liked about it is that it brought out that creative part of my brain that didn't require an idea or like drawing or anything like that it was just let's put this color in a weird place and see what it does to this white t-shirt and it was the coolest thing that's awesome that sounds like so much fun yeah i mean my wife is doing some um, pour paintings where you put all the paint in the cup and you pour it. I believe your husband Fred's, has at least one. Fred's in got one of hers. Yeah, we yeah. Love her. We love her art. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it's kind of, it's the, the creativity is kind of in the randomness. And it sort of does it itself. And then you can kind of tweak off what's already there. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that I'm not good at ideas. Like I'm good at scenes, like patterns and stuff and things, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not an artist in that sense where I'm, I can't draw. Like my daughter can draw like that girl. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. She's gotten better, Todd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does it daily. That That's what I, I realized how much she does it because I'm not around her a lot. Um, there was not a time that she was sitting or just watching something that she was not drawing. It's a constant, like 24 seven. That's what she's awake. She's creating something. That's great. And that's, first of all, that's a great thing to do. And that's such a great habit to be in. Mm -hmm. I'm finding more with myself. I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to needing, to needing to keep a journal. Uh, you know, between weird dreams I have, mm-hmm. joke ideas, uh, podcast promotion things, and just random thoughts throughout the day, and you know, strange poems that I'll that pop into my head. Uh, you know, I need to just start scribbling it down, and you know, I can't always get to a computer, or you know, my phone battery just isn't high enough to really capture everything I want. So <laughs> I'm just gonna have to start carrying around a little book and a pen. You know, it's funny. I always carry a journal with me and I've had since I was a kid, but I very rarely use it. (laughs) Like I just, I'm 90% sure I've got some form of ADD and I think that's part of it. Like, it's just, I forget. And then when I remember, I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm the type of guy who, if I start toting it everywhere with me, um, I'll use it for everything because i can't i can't just reserve it for like okay it's only for like thoughts about the day or it's only about jokes or it's only about poems or whatever it's uh, there'll be grocery lists in there there will be sketches for weird things there will be uh you know 
stickers. There will be all kinds of stuff that I encounter in my day. I think there's a old soulness to me that mm-hmm. more often than not end up preferring um, analog and just well, I, when I started writing comedy, I did keep notes on my computer, but I would always end up printing them out and drawing on them, circling things. And it would end up looking like a football playbook by the time I was done with it. But then I would take that plus my show, uh, you know, my show review, my show notes from my performance and take them back to the computer and edit and then get it into that final form. But I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's writing process, everybody's creating process is different. So I don't know. I've, I've definitely scribbled uh, jokes on napkins and placemats and whatever else I can get my hands on. But maybe I ought to start uh, toting around a, a journal book with a couple pens or something like that. That couldn't hurt. <laughs> I, had a, I had a joke pop up the other day. And I think at this point, it's more of a premise. But the, the idea is that out of the pandemic, we're going to see and hear things that we normally wouldn't. Um, I was at Fresh Market and saw a gentleman in a camouflage baseball cap, tan colored t-shirt tucked into khakis that had elastic with suspenders. And I heard him say, where do y'all keep the liver pate at? I'll say it again. Where do y'all keep the liver pate at i think there's something there (laughs) i'm gonna have to do a little more work but i think that's i think that's a solid premise of how how old was this person oh he's definitely a boomer for sure oh my god he there's no way he's under 50 i I think there's some i think there's something about cat food you know what maybe because i ended up following this guy around the store (laughs) for a little while see what he was gonna get this character is fascinating i'm gonna do a study right here in the store and just pretending to look at things that are on the shelf but really just studying him from head to toe (laughs) oh my goodness yeah speaking of interesting characters our characters go through quite an ordeal on their vacation you've been keeping up with the podcast and the show to a degree but more the podcast are yeah is it uh, is it still growing on you? Are you still enjoying your time? <laughs> See you shaking your head no already. <laughs> I like certain parts of it. I like recording and talking with you. This is my least favorite episode. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So I for... hate everything about this thing. Oh well, uh, not to get oh. out of the bag too soon, but uh, you are not by yourself in that camp. So without further ado, let's get to this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm on vacation. Enjoy yourself. First, a planet designed for pleasure. Make sure that your first visit to Ryza is memorable. Where fantasy becomes reality. What do you say we throw caution to the wind? An all-new Enterprise. After finally arriving at Ryza, half the Enterprise's crew prepare for shore leave. And Archer organizes lots, winning a vacation for himself. How convenient. Archer boards a space bus along with Trip, Reed, Travis, and Hoshi. Once the space bus lands on Ryza, the crew go their separate ways. Archer notices a beautiful alien woman and her dog on the balcony just below his. Later, he strikes up a conversation, learning her name is Keela. 
She claims that the Suliban massacred her entire family. He also learns that she is Tandaran, and when he confronts her with this discovery and asks what she wants, she knocks him out with a shot and leaves. Hoshi is approached by a handsome alien named Ravis, and the two hit it off. She asks him to teach her his complex native language, and he invites her to the exotic steam pools. The next morning, she awakens happy, very happy, with Ravis in bed beside her. Meanwhile, Trip and Reed are in a noisy nightclub filled with exotic female aliens. Two women join them for a drink. And invite them to view some nearby subterranean gardens. I think that's a euphemism. When they reach the basement underneath the bar, the females suddenly morph into male aliens. Trip and Reed are helpless as the aliens rob them and... Waking up the next morning, they escape the club in their underwear. Meanwhile, in sickbay, Doc Flox prepares to take his annual six-day hibernation, but he informs to Paul that two days should be sufficient. Sometime later, Travis contacts Enterprise after a rock climbing accident and is unnerved by Doc Flox's absence. But crewman, don't flirt with him. Cutler reassures him that she can handle his broken leg. He later has some trouble breathing forcing Cutler and Paul to waken Doc Flox. Though disoriented and incoherent, he still manages to formulate a suitable antidote and collapses back into hibernation. The next morning, the Enterprise crew travel together in a space bus back to the ship. They exchange addresses and promise to write. They tell each other not to cry because they know they'll see each other again next summer. So this is your least favorite. Now, granted, we've got three plot lines. Usually we just have like an A plot and a B plot, B plot, but this one has three. So what's the beef? What's uh, what, what grinds your gears about this one? So tropey. It's like, you got the two guys that are like, they're in it to get laid. That's all they want to do. And then you have like the only one, I just every direction this went I was my brain was like well maybe it's gonna go this way maybe it'll get better and it didn't it went the exact road that I thought it was gonna go on and I hated it I wanted so much more from this and it was just like oh, yay <laughs> yeah. more of the same stuff yeah it took the exact road you were thinking a long road getting from there to here I mean I, I think Trip and Malcolm was was my least favorite I liked them better in the last episode I watched them with Oh yeah, um, the uh, shuttle yeah, pod when they're one. Stuck in space by themselves. Yeah, where they almost die. <laughs> you know oh, when they yeah, were close. Yeah. To, you know when they were close to death. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, way better, way better than whatever this was. Um, I didn't mind Hoshi's. I just I wanted something more for her than just a hookup on a on a trip she went on. Like I just I wanted her to to I don't anything else. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. I feel like of of everyone that went down, Hoshi and Travis are the ones who deserved a vacation the most. Mm-hmm. And Travis almost dies. <laughs> and Hoshi, uh, you know, she breaks herself off a piece. So good for her. Good for her. I mean, I, I have nothing wrong with that. I like how they did it. It wasn't terrible. You know, it could have been way worse. The, the fact that they connected yeah. and whatnot. But I just, like I said, I wanted her to do anything else but that. Like, find a cave and explore something. Find a new language. Anything. Ugh. I just, I don't know. Yeah, she, 
yeah, well, I mean, I guess this is kind of, and again, a vacation in the true sense of the word for her. She spends, yeah. she spends so much time seemingly at the brink of death and feeling so overwhelmed with her duties and the mission and the whole thing that it was kind of nice to see her just sort of having this casual flirtatious encounter and it winding up going better than she probably bargained for flip side to that coin is it's not very interesting to watch no it's not and it's it was really sweet it was well done i mean good for her i just i don't know i i guess i just want something more for a lot of the female characters like i just do better people (laughs) yeah i i think like all of these stories could have been really interesting they could have gone in so many different directions. Yeah. Archer's thing, him encountering Keela and then learning she's Tandaran and it coming back to the episode we just released with my wife, Kat, uh, Detained, covering the yeah, episode Detained. For that. <laughs> yeah. Because I yeah. wouldn't have known anything. With, like I wouldn't have known what was going on if it wasn't for me catching up on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> But in that episode, they, you know, they kind of dive deep on the relationship between the Suliban and the Tandarans. And I just feel like there was so much there that could have been further explored that they really didn't get a chance to do much of that. We really didn't get a chance. I mean, I feel like this episode for Trip and Reed, this episode could have been the Star Trek version of The Hangover. And it ended up just they flirt with some girls, go to the basement, get knocked out. They're in their underwear and they leave. That's it. I feel like this could have been a really great, if they had done a three hour event and had just the crew arrives on Riza, and then we get the episode with Archer. We get the episode with uh, the boys. We get the episode with Hoshi and we, and we see each of those things sort of play out and let those characters breathe a little bit. I mean, it's a vacation for them, but there were yeah. too many things going on. There were too many vignettes in this. I think they could have cut Trip and Malcolm out completely and fleshed out the other three stories because I would have liked a little bit more explanation with Flox's hibernation. Like, yes, that would yes. have been awesome. Yeah, I didn't even Give touch on Trip. On and, yeah, I didn't even touch on Trip and Doc Flox with his with his uh, hibernation. Yeah, I mean, I think because honestly. Of the four things going on in this episode, I feel like that's the most interesting because you have the comedy of Mm -hmm. Doc being in hibernation, having to wake up and perform a medical procedure. But Mm -hmm. then you have arguably the most capable officer on the ship, Travis, near death. So you're getting the funny with the serious. And I feel like that was, that was like a really nice, well-rounded story. And it was treated like D plot at best. Right. And Uh. that was the one that really like, that's the one I liked the most, like out of the four stories they had going on, that was the most compelling and it got the least amount of time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Plus. And they uh, do that all the time. Like that. I think that's part of enterprise's problem, at least for me is that, the stories they do have, like, they don't expound on the ones that would make sense for a Star Trek episode. Yeah, they're trying to do this juggling act between, I mean, they took a shuttle pod full of, I mean, all your main headliners. Like, mm-hmm. s- five out of seven of your main headliners are on that shuttle pod, and they split up in different directions, and 
like we've only got 45 minutes here to fill people yeah <laughs> you know uh, how are you gonna can you really tell a nice concise satisfying story in 15 minutes you really can't not not really. well no not well <laughs> i think they shot themselves in the foot with this one honestly a little bit too um, much story not enough time right right so i mean let's take them one at a time what would you have done differently i know we've kind of talked about it a little bit here and there but let's let's dive in what let's take uh let's just let's just start at the top down with bacula so bacula's there in his room reading what looks like the most boring book ever written yeah um and there's the beautiful woman with the dog and shenanigans ensue but what would you have done differently I'm not sure. I think I understand why they put that romantic aspect into it, uh-huh. but it was just so typical of that kind of thing. I don't know if there could have been any other way to get to where they were going in the story. Mm. I just, I don't know. There were just certain parts of it that just didn't seem to fit. Like, why did the dogs just like each other for one? Like that was weird. Yeah. And there was just a lot of like holes in it. I, I don't, it's hard to explain. Like I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that one. Yeah. I'll chime in with my two cents here. I think if we just cranked everything, maybe not to 11, but maybe just cranked it up, you know, a couple notches of like really crank up the romance between okay. them so that when it turns out she's Tandaran and that she's got ulterior motives, we get an even deeper sense of betrayal. Right. And like then, he really connected, but she didn't because she's playing him kind of thing. Yeah. Or even if they both connected, like maybe if if they really did feel something and then go from there, like then, I mean, that would have been better than what they did. Like, Yeah. There was an issue of Hawkeye written by Matt Fraction. I want to say it's issue 16, I think. And it follows Hawkeye's dog. It follows him for the entire issue. Okay. I was kind of hoping for that. <laughs> I think oh, it would have been, been cool. Yeah, like I think it would have been. Of, yeah, from the perspective from Pathos. of Porthos. Yeah, Porthos. him My bad. with the other dog uh, sort of romping around. You know, look, if you've got four main plots, what the hell? Let's throw in another one and give <laughs> Porthos some time and just look, give an AD, you know, a second or third AD, a camera and a dog trainer says, hey, look, we're going to shoot these dogs running around on this set let's piece together some little thing of they follow each other and they explore the island what that would have been fun that would have been fun yeah of course in terms of the the boys getting drunk in the bar i think it would have been a little bit more fun to really play out the downward spiral they go in with such high expectations i feel like you really have to really let them hit rock bottom and really turn it into a situation kind of like the hangover where it's just like okay it can't get any it can't get any worse and then there's a tiger in the bathroom like (laughs) and just let this thing really explode on them so that when they get back on the shuttle it's just like get me back to enterprise please i don't ever (laughs) want to come here ever again (laughs) and just play play up like some sort of heist or some sort of you know big fish out of water misunderstanding and really play that up a little bit 
even if they just had a, a drink that just turned into the hangover where they don't remember what they did the day before and they're having to retrace them, their steps on the last day would have been better than what they did. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere between the hangover and dude, where's my car? Yeah, um, basically. Yeah. In fact, I may change the title of this podcast to dude, where's my space bus. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then with Hoshi, I feel like this was kind of a missed opportunity for a real deep dive exploration of her letting her hair down and being able to breathe and relax. Cause I don't think we've seen her this calm and sure of herself since broken bow. And I think the romance between her and Ravis is so sweet and genuine. And I felt watching it like, okay, something horrible is a, is going to happen because that's yeah, what I was waiting for him to do something sneaky. Like, yeah, I've been waiting. Yeah. Something, something horrible is going to happen to poor Hoshi, but it didn't happen to Archer instead. It, yeah. It happened to Archer. So I kind of wish they'd let this romance play out a little bit more. And maybe there's the enchantment of she's from a foreign place to him. He's from a foreign, foreign place to her. And, but they connect and then as they get deeper, there's things that they realize that maybe I can't handle this. And, you know, there's a, you know, a cultural understanding and, you know, we watch the romance sort of bloom while learning a lesson about letting go of preconceived notions of different things, you know, so the audience, so there is a moral to the story, but like, let's explore that a little bit more. They didn't have time. Yeah, I know. I know. Any other elements you would have uh, for Hoshi that you would have uh, rewritten? I can understand why they would give her a romantic story. I just, I always like when they do different things, when they don't do the the stereotypical girl on vacation finds a guy kind of thing. I was hoping she would discover something. I mean, anything, just like, yeah, I liked how they started it with the older couple, you know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. I'm tired of it, I guess. Oh, <laughs> are you getting burnout? <laughs> of that particular storyline? Yeah, a little bit. Like, come oh, on, okay. guys, you can do better than that. <laughs> and I think it would have been kind of cool because uh, for Travis, if we can, like I said, with Doc Flocks, it's straight up physical comedy. We're talking on par with some Jerry Lewis type stuff. For younger listeners out there, if you think... Jim Carrey is the end-all be-all of physical comedy. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I I can't say I disagree, but I encourage you to seek out Jerry Lewis in The Bellboy. It is absolutely hysterical, and you can really see how he didn't create physical comedy, but I think he definitely had the first polished version of true physical comedy in our pop culture. That is a masterclass on Pratt falling. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And prop work and facial expression, but there's a little bit of creative writing in there too. With that, I, of course, the classic scene of him trying to answer the phone, him sitting at the desk, yep. try. And uh, again, for younger listeners who have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, I'll set the stage. I don't want to ruin it for you, but he's a bellboy who's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. The guy that's sitting at the desk says, hey, can you watch the desk for a few minutes? Okay. So he sits down. There's four telephones on this desk. One of them starts to ring and he can't figure out which one it is. And it just progresses. And you see the desperation of him trying to figure out and answer the phone. 
Clarity ensues. Oh, yes. But so with Doc Flocks, you've got that. But I feel like this was a real missed opportunity for some exploration of Travis's character, where this guy has quite literally held this ship in his hand and steered it through through calm waters, through choppy seas, and just, if anybody truly deserved a break, besides Hoshi, it's Travis. <laughs> and, you know, with him coming from a space travel family and us really just not getting to know Travis at all, at this point, we know Archer loves water polo. We don't know anything about Travis. So I think it would have been really nice to, even if it was just inner monologue while he's climbing this scene, uh, you know, it's Risa. So you assume it's the most beautiful mountain overlooking the most beautiful valley with the most beautiful sunset imaginable yeah. and letting some, letting his thoughts kind of come to the surface. And it could have been a, um, to uh, 27 hours. That the one where uh, one of the yeah, Franco, I know, one of yeah. The, yeah one of the Francos gets trapped, mm-hmm. um, yeah it could have been that like we could have gotten a look inside Travis's head and you know and then have the accident and now he's freaking out and then he's got to he's got to get it all together get in touch with Enterprise and then when he gets back his doc is a loopy mess <laughs> so I feel like that is so much there's so much meat in that between the comedy of flocks and the exploration and, uh, of Travis that yeah, 15 minutes isn't going to cut it. Yeah. So, well, who do we have to blame? Let's go into <laughs> it. Uh, Berman and Braga, of course, brought this course. story to life. Of course. I mean, they're, they're the ones steering this ship anyway, <laughs> te- with the teleplay penned by Chris black. However, bright spot here, the director of this episode Mr. Michael Dorn, aka Worf. It's Worf, yeah. everybody. Our um, favorite Klingon. Yes, yes, absolutely. I love Michael Dorn and love him as Worf. One of our regular things we watch at Christmas are the uh, the Santa Claus movies, and uh, he's in the second one or third one. I forget. I can't remember. But it's always it's always so wild to see him. It's just like that's Worf. <laughs> It's always great to see a Star Trek alum behind the camera. I think that's yeah. Nice. It's, I, I, yeah, they bring awesome. a special they bring a special magic to it. I feel like they do. Yeah. So uh, our guest stars, we get Miss Kelly Waymire once again as crewman Elizabeth Cutler. This was her last franchise appearance that she filmed before she passed away in two thousand three. Oh no! Yeah. She had a condition and um, we'll go into it. She, she actually appeared first in the franchise on an episode of Voyager or Deep Space Nine. So when we get to her final appearance in the franchise is when we'll deep dive on uh, her life and, uh, okay. and her legacy that she left behind. But this was the last thing in the franchise that she shot. So mm. Bon Voyage, thank you for your work as Crewman Cutler. And uh, we look forward to your next appearance in the franchise but uh you know we will remember you fondly and then we've got rudolph martin as ravis he's a bit of an interesting character he's a german actor who moved here and started working uh some of his resume spots of note he actually had two things back to back i think one came just before the other but he played dracula in Dark Prince, the true story of Dracula, which was a TV movie back in 2000. And I think as soon as that wrapped, 
he ended up getting the gig of Dracula on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He looked familiar. And I think that's where I probably saw him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was huge into Buffy. He does a good job. And you kind of see, you know, knowing the nature of Dracula's um, a seductive being. Yeah. You can kind of see how he fits very well into this episode in the role of uh, Ravis. Um, Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. And plus with him being... It fits. Yeah. With him being German, his accent is just slightly off to be very exotic and yeah again intriguing i always find people with accents i always find myself leaning in closer mm-hmm. listening listening more intently to what they say <laughs> mostly because i'm scared i'm gonna miss something but it it's a bit hypnotic so yeah a little bit especially uh, depending on what the accent is yeah yeah absolutely so he also uh had a few roles on uh 24 and then of course this is his only franchise appearance, this episode of Enterprise in 2002. But uh, the guy's got an interesting resume. Highly recommend checking him out. And then our last guest star of note is Miss Day Young as Keela, frequent guest of the show. Uh, Mr. Gary Horn will love that I mentioned Rock and Roll High School, one of her early roles from 1979. She played Kate. And then uh, a few years later, Eight years later, she was the waitress in Spaceballs. And then she, that same year, was Amy in The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, most people would probably recognize her as the snobby saleswoman from Pretty Woman in 1990. Yep. I, I have a confession. I've never seen Pretty Woman. Really? I know. <laughs> you know, most people that I know either hate it or love it. I've seen it a couple times because I think it's one of my mom's favorite movies. Um, it's a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's definitely not great, but it's iconic. When was the last time you watched it? It's been at least 10 years. I was an adult when I saw it last. Okay. And it holds up? Um, yes and no. Like most older movies, it's like, you can't say that anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that. Like some things have changed just socially but i mean it holds up it's like i said it's not a terrible movie it's just it's a movie i guess i'm i'm not a huge gigantic fan of it but okay so what i'm getting is at one point you liked it and you hate it now uh folks (laughs) listeners of the show uh if you disagree with ren sims opinion please uh send all of your hate mail to at justin underscore bishop on instagram and let and let him know how much you dis- you dislike Rand's opinion of Pretty Woman. So uh, moving right along. <laughs> oh no. I keep waiting for him to be like, why are you sending me everyone's hate mail? <laughs> Does he get any? I, I don't know. I don't know. If he has, he hasn't said anything. <laughs> oh man. I so, hope I don't upset anybody because I don't like Pretty Woman. <laughs> it's okay. It, this is a safe place. We said it. Star Trek is our safe place. <laughs> oh, I also am not a huge fan of Julia Roberts, so that's probably part of it. Whoa. All right. All right. The views and opinions expressed by Ren Sims do not necessarily <laughs> reflect the views and opinions of the Computer Resume podcast. <laughs> you have to understand, some of my favorite actresses are like Tina Fey. Anna Kendrick. Sure. I, she's my mom's favorite. There are people who think Julia Roberts is hot. 
I don't care. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, movies, comic books, things that have large fan bases, mm. celebrities. Um, it's very hard to have a different opinion because people do get very upset. Yeah. Yeah, they do. People they really their do. Mind because you don't agree with them. It's like, I'm sorry, but we can't all like the same thing. Like, and it's yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm trying to, I mean, other than, um, cause I love, you know, I mean, she's a small part of Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I love her in the Ocean's movies. Um, I like her in those, but mm-hmm. I think part of it is because she's not, she's not a huge role, but she still plays a role kind of thing. Yeah. I, she's there for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and I dig it and she does it well. She does yeah, it really I mean, well. She's not a bad actress. I have n- nothing to, I mean, she can act her face off, but it's just, I don't know. I guess I just don't like the movies that, that she that she in. I, I think I liked them when I was younger, but as I don't know, I my tastes have changed slightly. I guess. Do you like the Mexican? Did you see the Mexican? Her and Brad Pitt. No, I don't think I have. That one's pretty good. Okay, it, it's a different kind of movie for her. I feel like great cast. It's a fun story. That okay. that one. How old are your girls again? Thirteen and eleven. That might be a girls' night movie really yeah that that one that one's fun that that's my two cents on it there's not a lot i can say without sort of ruining it for you but like i'll look into it yeah i think i think you'd enjoy it i think the girls would too i think they're kind of at that age where it's it's a fun story but there's also it's pretty people getting into misadventures so (laughs) you know isn't that most movies nowadays that is yeah yeah you're absolutely right A little bit more about this episode and how it was received. Ain't It Cool News gave it a 3.5 out of 5, saying that it had some good things. They said, quote, the episode is teeming with small virtues, and they praised Doc Flocks. Television Without Pity gave it a grade of B+. Flip side of the coin, in 2016, Wired called the episode unwatchable. And uh, said that it, quote, makes you wonder if the cast were as embarrassed speaking the dialogue as we are listening, end quote. That is I felt that sentence. (laughs) Some of the, especially Malcolm and Tripp, it was just like, all of it was kind of cringy. Yeah, yeah, cringy, very cringy. Oh my God. Have you guys ever gone out anywhere? (laughs) Like. Like, it sounded like people that had never gone to a club wrote this storyline. And it's because it it just, it felt like they had no idea what really happened. It's like, oh, well, this is what we think is supposed to happen. Like, this is, this is what happens when you go to a club, right? Yeah. (laughs) Aliens wrote this episode because this is how they think humans interact with each other. Basically, see, (laughs) it would be more entertaining if they made it, like, if that's what was going on. Like, That's funny. Tech Republic included the episode on its list of five worst episodes of Enterprise. They said the writers failed to establish theme, story arcs, or basic coherence that resulted in inane vignettes and only served to, quote, make the crew appear either adolescent, incompetent, or both. Oof, that's, I that's, agree with a lot of that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to refute that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. I haven't watched all of them yet, so I can't really say if it's in my like top three worst, but it, it's definitely not my favorite. <laughs> Linda Park, who plays uh, Hoshi, picked this episode as her favorite. 
from season one. So I really wonder why. <laughs> Maybe it's I, got to a chance to a not wear probably a smelly blue jumpsuit, <laughs> and um, you know she got to let her show that she has more range than just looking terrified all the time. <laughs> yeah, she her, she got to put her hair down. She yeah, quite literally got to put her hair down. Absolutely, and then uh, actually a little bit of a bright spot this episode one. Enterprise, the 2002 Emmy Award for Outstanding Hairstyling for a Series. Yeah, I can see that. Hey, you know, there's there's a silver lining to every cloud, and yeah. we'll we'll take an Emmy. <laughs> now, I, I want it before I forget, and this needs to be addressed. To Paul, in the beginning of this episode, is so smarmy. She she's not having any of this. Like no. she's just ticked off about all of it. And she's like, would you just get out so you can come back? Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> and then Listen. the whole thing with flocks, like she just, I think one of her eyebrows <laughs> was lifted the entire, <laughs> the entire scene. Like she was just, what is it, happening? It just, it just fish hook her eyebrow to the back of yeah. her head. It's like, oh God. <laughs> like she just, she was not having anybody's. I don't want to, I'm trying not to curse. Just she was not taking anything from anybody this entire episode. She was just like, Would you just shut up? Like she basically had to give Archer the talk of like, look, I understand humans' needs for sexual release. Please go down to Riza, break yourself off a piece, calm down and come back. Like just, and she knows that's why he's going down. She definitely knows that's why Trip and Reed are going. So Everyone like, knows that's why they're going. Look, just go, get it over with, get it out of your, quite literally, get it out of your system and come back and let's get back to work. <laughs> She's full Vulcan in this episode. Just oh, like, it yeah. it really shows, I, I can't remember her name, but the actress that, that like, just good job, sister. Like, you got this. <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's one thing Jolene Blylock does really well is just, she does a really good job of looking pissed off at people. <laughs> and in a way where she's not, it's not like a pissed off look. It's just like a. I'm done with this. Kind of like the look you get from your mom when you know you're about on that edge of making her angry, but she's not quite over that limit yet. Like it's the perturbed face, but it hasn't reached angry yet. And that's just her normal state of being. <laughs> right. Like that is to Paul. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, she's definitely over it. <laughs> like, all right, look. Just, it's like when you let the dog out of the house. It's just like, okay, whatever bushes you need to go take care of, do it, come back. And make it quick. Make it quick. <laughs> oh gosh. Do you have any uh anything else about this episode before we wrap it up? Nope, just, just I wanted to make sure that that she got a little bit of because I I just when it first opened like that was the first scene was her talking to Archer and it was just like oh all right okay that's how we're gonna do this this time all right <laughs> but I am really glad that they didn't do something with Trip and Tapal I am really glad that they didn't do that because oh. I was I was half expecting it when I looked at the show notes I'm like oh god no I hope they don't put them on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have plenty of time for those type of things later in the series oh great yeah it's coming uh, it's been coming <laughs> since the first episode like they've had sexual tension since they looked at each other like, oh, i'm just i'm waiting for it and i, I know they're not going to do it in a way that i'm going to like because that's just not how this series works but 
Yeah, I uh, I think Riker <gasps> says it best. All hands brace for impact. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. All right. Well, next week we will be covering with our good friend Mr. Gary Horn, who has agreed to come back on the show. Enterprise season one, episode twenty-six, and season two, episode one, Shockwave parts one and two, which will bring us to the end of season one of the Computer Resume podcast. Yay! That'll How be... many seasons are in Enterprise? Uh, there's four seasons of Enterprise. Oh God! Okay. We've moved. We're moving right along. We're we're doing oh. we're doing okay. We're we're getting there. <laughs> oh God! It's listen. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be painful. <laughs> it's gonna be a long road getting from there to here. But yeah, so uh, Shockwave, if you're interested, is available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount Plus. Ren, so where can people find you on social media? Uh, RC Sims eighty two on Facebook and Instagram. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials. From all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in 10 Forward. to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. Our outro music was provided with permission by Drone Node. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And I'm Cat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods and we're gonna find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?